Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined, as always, on Thursday morning by Jacob Sanderson. We break down every game in the main slate for NFL Daily Fantasy some pretty interesting spots this week as we are dealing with a lot of injuries. Justin Jefferson is missing. T. Higgins coming back for the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, the 49ers and their Death Star offense are up against the best defense in the NFL. But Dorian Thompson Robinson is quarterbacking. Really, it's it's honestly, it is kind of a mess right now. And uh, the highest team total of the entire slate is the Los Angeles Rams, but Puka Nakua and uh, Cooper Cup are both very expensive. So we got we got a lot to parse through here. I, I don't see really a super obvious build, super obvious game stack, anything like that right now. No, this is a bit of a choose your own adventure week for sure. Um, you know, and even some of the guys that I think will be super, super owned in that Bengals game, or at least projecting that way right now, like I still think pretty fragile, right? Like Joe, you know, it, are people going to click Joe Mixon that much? Should they ever click Joe Mixon that much? Does he only 30, rack up like 30 fantasy expected. points because he fails to score fantasy points on his first three attempts? Like that, these are the questions people are asking. Joe Mixon is literally the poster boy for why people hate expected fantasy points because yeah. getting four carries in a row from the 0.5 yard line. I, I think I saw uh, it tweeted that he got like 11 expected fantasy points from all of those carries, obviously converting right. None of them. In the Someone point. should create a better model that, like, like once you're afforded the expected fantasy points on the first goal line attempt, if it's like your all fault, you're able to get on the sub. Yes. Well, it's it's just like okay, but like the maximum amount of expected points that you should be able to accrue on one on one drop, like on one goal line series, should be six plus the yards, right? So, like, once you fail then like all the rest of the percentage should only come out of the residual of the fantasy points that like you weren't afforded on your expectation the first time. Right. So to me, like if you get four carries from the one that should be like, I don't know, 6.1 times, whatever the percentage you can convert on one of the four carries, which should be like 5.6 expected fantasy points or something, not like infinite expected fantasy points. Yeah, not I don't know. I'm not, I'm not smart not, enough not to make the model, but I, I'm like, critiquing the model well it's a it's a valid critique all right so our first game <laughs> we have the washington commanders traveling to play against the atlanta falcons i think there are a lot of interesting guys in this game i mean mclaurin's yeah. only 5500 dotson is 4700 we got samuel down at 3700 you know Bijan robinson price decrease after a little bit of a lack of efficiency kyle pitts is actually happening 
3,500. The issue is, I think both of these teams would actually like to play the same way, which is just with very few plays and a lot of rushes. And if neither team gets a lead, they're going to be able to do that. You know, if they're trading field, actually very similar right. to the to the the Houston game that we just saw. I guess uh, Atlanta was trailing in that game for a decent chunk of it, so we saw some more passes. But like twenty seven passes, just played like a god. Yeah, he did. He did. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. I watched the Desmond Ritter QB school at eleven thirty p.m. last night because uh, I'm like I, Ritter's my guilty pleasure, and I know I know that he sucks, but I I just like I I love him. Uh, and honestly, I'm feeling great. <laughs> I was like, I think this guy, <laughs> I think this guy can do this for at least one game. Wasn't this the game last year that was like the the game that was everybody's contrarian game on Wednesday? And then you flipped over the cards on Sunday and everybody was 20% owned. And I think it smashed. Like, I think Taylor Heineke had a massive game. This was, uh, I believe, Cordero Patterson had like three touchdowns or something. Um, I, I, Terry McLaurin showed up. I'm pretty sure this was a massive, like, hit game last year. I think that what has to happen probably in this game is that Atlanta has to play from ahead because they're going to probably be obstinate and run the ball anyway. But Washington they will do what the game script allows them, right? Like if they're way ahead, they will hammer Brian Robinson into the line. And as we saw last week, if they're way behind, they will drop back 55 consecutive times. So probably to me, best case scenario, Atlanta goes up, you play Bijan, and then you play the Howell stack coming back. That works for me. I mean, I don't think I'm going to get into game stacks here. I think what I would do would be, Kyle Pitts correlated with Dotson, McLaurin, Samuel, depending on what the lineup called for, or yeah. Drake London correlated with Brian Robinson, or I guess that's I guess that's probably it. I mean, I'm not I'm not really that into and that I mean Bijan correlated with any of the commanders past. I mean, you could even go Logan Thomas there as well. I I feel like Bijan is probably staring into quite a chalky week. Um, you know, in terms of the way running backs are projected. There are only uh, six guys projected for more than uh, than 16 fantasy points. Montgomery, obviously, will be a huge shock. ETN, no one will want to play Jacobs. And then it'll be interesting to see what the field does with McCaffrey in such a weird spot where the defense is good and we're not expecting, uh, you know, very many points scored. So I, I think we, and much as Bijan was chalk last week, I think he's heading to be super chalky again. And I have no issue with it. I think he it seems very strong. Um, I misremembered. This was two years ago that this game smashed and had 64 points and was the, the DFS. Yeah, last explosion. year was 1913. Yeah. Yeah. Two years ago, 34 to 30. There you go. So it's really uh, seems to just play every single year. It's an annual event. Yeah, that is weird. It's like college football scheduling home and homes. Um, I keep forgetting which game, like which years Taylor Heineke was in our started. lives. Like it, it just yeah. seems like it's. I, I kind of forgot that we've now had like three years of Taylor Heineke working into the mix somehow. And now Taylor Heineke is on the other side. And now, so this he, and now been, he's on the other this side. This could be the Taylor Heineke revenge game. Yeah. All right. The next game. I mean, this is the game that if you figure out the read, this is probably how you win tournaments, which is Minnesota at Chicago, because yeah. the Fields has a capital F, capital J, capital one Fields game. He's going nuclear against this shitty defense. Kirk Cousins is going to get to 48 passing attempts again, but without having to pay the salary for Justin Jefferson. Hawkinson is 6,600. 
Addison is 5,700. Osborne's 4,400. If you are feeling extremely squirrely, Brandon Powell just came in and, and one for one subbed for Jefferson last week, which imagine a bigger discrepancy between guys playing the same <laughs> position. I think the plan for the Minnesota Vikings will be to play a lot more two tight end with Josh Oliver, yeah. who they somehow paid uh, three years, $21 million to. But I don't really think you're playing a lot of 12 personnel if you get down 14 points. Now, again, Fields has to do his part to get them there. But I do, I mean, I think that a Justin Fields, DJ Moore, uh, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson team, I mean, that is a pretty fucking hot start to fantasy, uh, to to a DraftKings lineup. And I mean, yeah, I obviously I think this will be a chalky spot, but this is the game to me where I can see it going 15 points over the total, 20 points over the total if really it's just if Fields and Cousins play well. You know, it's on it's on these guys to play well because the defenses are not going to stop them at all. Right. I think you also get the added benefit of a field stack in that I don't know which Bears running back yet, but one of them will be the most owned running back on the slate. It'll be it'll be Roshan. He's had ten days off. If there's, he plays. No, there's there's no way he doesn't get cleared. Well, Musgrave he hadn't cleared, cleared. He hadn't cleared on Wednesday, so we'll see. Musgrave was already practicing. He was he was a DNP Wednesday. Uh, we're recording this Thursday morning, so by the time you're listening to this, he might already be back at practice or he might not. Um. From a DFS perspective, it's almost irrelevant. Like either Roshan at 4,600 or it's Foreman at 4,400. One of them yeah. is going to attract a massive amount of ownership. Um, so I think that you're you're just even further incentivized to stack fields with DJ Moore or to play the passing game to get leverage off of that. Um, yeah, I think that that is super viable. Minnesota's brutal. Chicago's defense is also obviously brutal. Yeah, tough spot. I mean, with Minnesota, it's, it's hard to say, like, just how much of their offensive identity is about Jefferson. Like, I don't know how many offenses where you would say the wide receiver actually is responsible for more of the offensive identity and success in the quarterback. Oh, he's totally one this of is them. The and yeah. So like if, you know, if we get the Vikings passing at the same rate, just less efficiently, and we sub in, you know, a bunch of, inferior players but at far lower DraftKings prices for Jefferson like then they're all smashes but if they look at it and say like we're just an entirely different offense now and actually what we are is we're going to run Alexander Madison 20 times they they can't the thing is is they just can't do that because they don't have the team built for it like changing your identity like just from like uh thinking about calling the plays and everything in one week like it just doesn't Teams just can't really do that. You can't you can't reinvent yourself in the middle of the season. And it's not like Kirk Cousins this season, 7.3 YPA. I mean, I don't know, probably make him a 6.8 YPA guy without Jefferson on the field. That seems right to me. And it's like Hawkinson's good. Addison's good. You know, I mean, it's not like they're obviously the the Brandon Powell like for like is like is as bad as it could possibly yeah. be. I mean, I can, can't really think of a more stark one to one substitution, but you know, if 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 ownership trends down outside of Addison on the Minnesota guys, I do think a Kirk Addison Hawkinson DJ Moore style team is, and you can even do it. I mean, I don't know if you would do it without a bring back. Maybe you just make the bring back the whichever Bears guy starts. I guess that's probably the way to yeah. do it. Um, yeah. All right, what do we got next? We have oh. Another potential amazing game, the Seattle Seahawks against the Cincinnati Bengals, where Burrow, Chase, T, Lockett, Metcalf, 
all in play. I, I'm not playing Joe Mixon. I would just rather play DeAndre Swift in any mix in any lineup where uh the things are close right now. Uh, our friends over at Rotor Grinders yeah, have Mixon is 13% owned. They do have Swift as the chalkiest running back of the slate at 22%. I don't know if that'll hold against the Jets. There'll be um, you know, I mean, once once we get clarity on which Bears running back starts, that'll be the chalkiest guy. And then Brees will be fairly chalky as well. But and then let me let me be the first to say Jackson Smith and Jigba is 3,600. The Seahawks had their bye week. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think I'll play it. I mean, I think I'll play, I think I'll double stack this team. Like, I'm not, I don't know. The Bengals defense is fine. It's like, it's not like great. It's not bad. It's just fine. Um, if we buy the Bengals are improving on offense, which I'm not totally sure that I do. Uh, no, like I did I, buy that. I buy it. Off- I buy it. So I fully bought it, and then I and then I read Stealing Signals, and Ben was kind of a wet blanket. He was like, they ran all these plays. If you take out the 63-yard touchdown by Chase, they only had 4.8 uh, yards per play. Or, or I think they had 4.8 yards per play total, including 63. But um, they, they, that's with a bunch of like, shitty. Ah. That's with a bunch of shitty Joe Mixon carries. And if the Seahawks get up, right? They, well, that's a that's a significant portion of the Bengals' offense is donating but the, touches the key to Joe thing Mixon. Thing is that Burrow just didn't look horrible. Like to me, it was yeah. it was really just that Burrow looked like he could move. He looked like he could step into his throws. And they were also playing Trenton Irwin and Tyler Boyd. Like they did not have T Higgins last week. Now, I, I am actually lower than, like, everyone on T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins is, like, pretty overrated. I think he's kind of like fancy Mike Williams. But fancy Mike Williams is still better than Trenton Irwin. And Herb Smith Jr. running 33 routes last week and drawing nary a target is is just, like, <laughs> a classic uh, <laughs> example of what happens when you remove one good player from your passing offense. I, I think this game, considering what I expect, the players to be owned actually is a much better game stack game than Minnesota Chicago. Less chance of yeah. going truly nuclear because the defensive quality on both sides is higher. But you're also getting I, I will play JSN both as a one-off and in in game stacks just f- for the buy narrative, really. Yeah, it's always hard to say what the ownership will actually be when we're looking at it on a Thursday morning. But like looking at how much ownership is projected for Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and just how absolute nothing on the Seattle side is projected is disconcerting to me. So like I, I it has to even out to some extent, but I agree. I think if you're playing the Bengal side, you almost have to have that bring back since you're basically getting it for free. And I would almost just be more inclined to play the Seattle side and bring it back with Cincinnati. Like I, I I'm not afraid. Well, how about of just, just Walker Chase? So if you just that's, do Walker yeah, Chase, fine. Walker will be sub 10%. Even Chase yeah. coming off the explosion, because we have Tyreek, we have Cup, we have Adams, we have Puka, we have A.J. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, like his ownership, it'll be higher than it was last week, but it's not going to be out of control. Like it's not gonna, He's not going to be the one of the five most owned players of the slate, I don't think. Or you could play, uh, you could play Walker T and do whatever the fuck you want in the rest of your lineup. I don't, <laughs> your, I don't, you I don't have know. Like six percent combined ownership there. I don't know if I can play T against coming off. I just, <laughs> I'm so, I'm just, I'm just not a T guy. I just, I really, I really am not. That's not, that's not my guy. Um, okay, the San Francisco 49ers against the Cleveland Browns. So Dorian Thompson Robinson, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. No, it's T.J. Walker. Is it really? Is DTR hurt? 
or do they just change? No, the they, they said that they've seen enough. Um, and that if Watson is, is not ready to go, then they're starting PJ Walker. So it'll be Watson or it'll be Walker, but it's not. Well, Walker's be better than DTR. Robinson. Walker, Walker is better than DTR. But really the question you're asking yourself here is how many points can McCaffrey score in three quarters? And <laughs> does the Cleveland defensive strength mean, and, and this is an outdoor game in Cleveland in October, we've got weather stuff all across the NFL, the game that's happening tonight between the chiefs and the Broncos is supposed to have like 40 mile per hour gust. Like, do we think that this is basically like the, you know, let's score, let's score our 25 points and, and let's call it good. You know, McCaffrey gets, 22 points here which is fine for your dynasty teams and for your seasonal teams but it's not ideal for tournaments especially considering that McCaffrey is 9500 the next most expensive running back on draftkings.com is 7300 in a very chalky David Montgomery I I a lot of the times I will gravitate towards these uber studs when they don't project to be that owned yeah I don't I'm not really seeing it with McCaffrey here I don't don't think he's really going to be part of my plans I mean, the only, the only pushback I can offer to that, because I agree with everything you said, is that the only way Christian McCaffrey's ever not going to be owned is if people aren't really seeing it. Like you're never you're never going to be That's, seeing it with yes. Christian McCaffrey and playing him at six percent, right? So like it's it's going to take an adverse environment. That being said, I also don't really want to click him. So like I don't know how, I don't know how much ownership Cooper Cup's going to have at nine k. Probably more than McCaffrey. I don't think more, that much more more than McCaffrey. More than McCaffrey um, because the Rams have the highest team total of the slate. I still don't know that he gets over like like he's not going to be anywhere close to his own as Chase. He's not going to be close to his own as Tyreek. Like I, I I just think that you're getting him a, a, not that like prohibitive of ownership and if i'm playing the really expensive high ceiling guy i think that's my preference because of the game environment so um yeah tough tough just the worst possible draw for the 49ers like liam murphy and ron and i have been having this like long drawn argument on twitter about whether to start Brees hall or brandon Ayuk on our main event team this week Brees. and i've been making the case all week about like how horrendous this game environment is for San Francisco, where you're against a team that is set up to stop you and not fight back. So it's co-owning, just tough. Co-owning it's just tough. a main event team with Liam is like we, me, him and Kyle Dvorak were just, we had like a three hour argument about wh- like yeah. which $1 tight end to spend on. It's like Liam, Liam has infinite patience to argue about fantasy football teams. Oh, I, the first the first thing I did this morning when I got on this call was I looked at the Leone projections for each of Br- Brees Hall and Brandon Ayuk, and then I texted the group chat and I said Brees Hall fourteen point four, Brandon Ayuk fourteen point three. Get fucking owned, Liam. Um, so we'll so see good. over here. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. New Orleans at Houston. Uh. I mean, you're not, you're, wait, you're, we're not talking about the Browns. You're not playing any Browns. No, I'm not. I'm not no, no Brown. No Brown is. Uh, no Brown is on the board. So we've got Kamara. I guess Pierce. I guess Tank Dell is probably going to miss this week. Robert Woods uh, moved into the slot, and they were bringing in Xavier Hutchinson as the rotational third wide receiver in eleven personnel. I mean, Robert Woods is. Uh, you know, per, uh, perfectly, perfectly cromulent. I think, you know, no, no real, no real issues. Yeah. There. Six catches yeah. for 45 yards in your GPP lineup. No, I mean, he was better than that in week one. He's fine. He's fine. Right. He's fine. He's fine. He, okay. He's fine. Yeah. 
I mean, it, you know, you're not, you're not doing cartwheels about it. Uh, as for the saints, I mean, they just look like a mess right now. Like Kamara really is the only guy and Kamara is getting a shit ton of touches. Yeah. Um, but not I a shit ton of routes. He's getting that gross. It looks so good game one. And then last yeah. week it was right back to the really gross Kamara grinder back roll. Well, I, I mean, that's gotta be scoreline effects though. Cause they just were, they were so not pushed by, by the, they will certainly be pushed more by the Texans. Um, I mean, I woods, Kamara, Alave's like at like 4% owned or whatever. He's like kind of always fine. Yeah. Really into that. I'm not like Alave had an awesome first three weeks and then he had to play with a broken Derek Carr. So I ignore that game. And then he had to play with this toe injury that he hurt in warmups. So I kind of ignore that game. So I, I, I just think we're getting like a major discount in price and ownership kind of for no reason. Yeah, I, I'm I'm completely I'm completely there with you. And I it's so the snaps were not exactly this way, but Damian Pierce last week was the only Texans running back to get a rush. And they scored too fast at the end, but had they not scored too fast at the end and they had won that game, that would have been like the Damian Pierce drive. I he had six rushes, I believe, on that final drive for like 40 yards. He like just like was bailing them out when Stroud wasn't I mean Stroud made, did make a couple good plays on that last drive as well but the D- Pierce was awesome like that that mm-hmm. was sort of the first like yeah maybe it is not like the best idea of all time to just be like giving Devin Singletary carries for no reason like Singletary can play <laughs> I guess if we want him to pass block but this whole like rotating drives between the two of them I feel like pretty soon we're gonna get to Damian Pierce 75 percent 80 percent of the snaps for for stretch it didn't it didn't happen that exactly that way looking at the box score you would think it would but pierce is 5100 probably the cheapest 20 touches you're going to get now he's still not getting targeted in the passing game so it's it's he's basically joe mixon honestly like 5100 texans joe mixon but with like some prayer of efficiency yeah, I think he's fine. Um, I mean, like Woods projects well. It's just like I think he projects well for median. Like I still don't think the ceiling is overly enticing. Um, I, I still think like Nico is fine. Like we've seen him just oh, alternate sure. these big yes. weeks and these not big weeks. I mean, he went ballistic against always, the Ravens. He you know, like he has he... a ceiling. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. Um, I'm I'm not buying the Dalton Schultz thing. He uh, feasts on Atlanta, which is which was nice. But Atlanta's been giving it up to every tight end so far this year. And then New Orleans is one of the worst matchups possible for tight ends. And I, I don't know why, but they are like every single year. It's been like four years running. They don't give up any points to tight ends. Um, that one I would fade. If I'm I don't know. I'm probably not like stacking this one though. New Orleans is just kind of like a bummer team to for DFS environments because they're slow and their defense is good. And their the defense is good. Yeah, Nico. I so Nico, I'm normally into, but Nico right now, again on Thursday morning, projected to be like very owned. And just for example, like I prefer Lockett. I honestly, god damn, put me in jail for this. I might even prefer Adam Thielen, honestly. Ugh. Like jail, jail for me, jail for me. But you know, it is. I refuse is. to profit from that grift. Yeah, fair. All right, your team, the Indianapolis Colts, traveling to play oh. against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This actually could be the fantasy bonanza game. Minshew mania. We're yeah. spelling Minshew now M-I-N-S-H-O-E as he dons the horseshoe on his helmet. Um, look, it's it's sad. Uh, I got to watch a Richardson Taylor backfield for like four combined plays. Uh, and now it's over. So sad days. 
probably good days for DFS uh, in that, you know, you'd like to be able to play Richardson, but outside of playing Richardson himself, Minshew's probably better for everyone else just because he's occupying less of the touches uh, to himself. So makes makes all the Colts pretty fun plays. The, the, the big difference is that Downs is just like a stone yeah. smash, like stone, stone smash. Um, so like Downs, Ridley, Kirk, ETN, Ingram, Lawrence. I actually think Lawrence is fairly interesting because I don't think he, his Agreed. like the I think people will mostly play players from these games without the quarterbacks. Maybe Lawrence. I mean Lawrence is sixty five hundred, so maybe I'm talking out of my ass. Well, he like, will play the Lawrence doubles. It's pretty easy to get to, especially if Zay, especially if Zay Jones misses. Because then and I don't think I don't like think two pass game options. I don't believe he will play. So I, I, and, but I mean, I do love just correlating with the tight end because tight ends never score any points. So like doing the, right, doing the Lawrence Ridley Ingram downs type thing. And I mean, like this game, this game could be, I think, awesome for fantasy. What we really need to juice it up is like a 73 yard ETN touchdown to just speed everything oh, up and yeah. get the Colts chucking. Yeah, man. He looks so good. Um, in that London game, that was awesome. He's he's just a true treat. Uh, yeah, I I think it's I think you can play this honestly like either way, and it kind of builds itself. Like you either do Lawrence plus Ingram plus pick one of Ridley and Kirk, and then you bring it back with either Pittman or Downs, um, or you do. I mean Minshew's five K, so I think he's very much like playable, and you play Minshew plus Pittman and Downs, which is easy because you're only ever playing those two Colts. Um, and then you play it with, well, you can play it with Travis Etienne or you can play with any of the receiving options. So I, I think it's like pretty easy build. Um, and yeah, fun, fun game environment. I'll, I will note, I'm contractually obligated to note, uh, anytime you do DFS coverage for the first second divisional matchup of the year that historically divisional rematches, uh, you lose a couple points off the total. So I don't know if people care about the divisional second divisional matchup narrative, but, uh, I still like this game. Totally, totally works for me. All right. Carolina at Miami. Miami, 31-point team total. No Devin A. Chain. Do we Carolina, think we are going to get... Carolina, zero-point team total. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Miles Sanders is, is uh, again, not practicing. Um, right. I think at a certain point, they're just going to sit him because what's the point in playing him? 25 snaps a game? Point? Yeah, like, literally, what's the point? Hubbard, I still I would think Shuba Hubbard a is, like, bit. a pretty... I think he's like a like a pretty big trap if he gets ownership because like they're a million point underdog well, in this game. Well, he, he but if he doesn't totally get, ownership, get ownership, yeah, like well, it depends how much he gets relative to the Bears running back, right? So like it's impossible for me to say right now because like he's projecting for nothing because Sanders is projected in. But like let's say I don't know, let's say that like Roshan or Foreman, whichever one is the guy is projecting for like 25% ownership. If Hubbard is like 15%, then I think that's interesting. If he's like close to equal to Bears running back, then I think that then it's just bad. Like I'd way rather play Bears running back, right? Uh well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and Brees, you know, is still is still cheap. Swift is not all yeah. that expensive. But I mean, Jeff Wilson Jr.'s 21 day practice window has been activated, assuming yeah. He is active and starting in this game. What are we expecting the roles between him and Mostert to look like? Are we going to see any Ahmed? Are we going to see any Brooks? What is your your expectation there? 
Well, man, tough. I mean, Moser had a, obviously a substantially better role prior to the A-chain or A-chain ascension. So if he goes back to that at 6,400 in this script, that's pretty delightful. Um, but, you know, hard to say, like, if they look at this and they're like, we have to split with someone. Like, it's, it's almost impossible to say. Like, Brooks is going to be active because he plays special teams. Specials. Hopefully one of Wilson or Ahmed is not active, just so that kind of clarifies things a little bit. Um, I still feel like you can't really play anyone except for Mostert. It's just a matter of how much to play Mostert. Like, I definitely I think was, you can play Wilson and hope he scores twice. Yeah, it would surprise me if Wilson played that much first game off of IR, I guess. That would but I mean, it was, a, it was a hand injury. Like, it's not like he was rehabbing from, like, a knee injury or whatever. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I guess it wouldn't shock me if they just show up and it's, like, last year's rotation all over again and Wilson's playing half the snaps. And it, and it, and it wouldn't shock me if Wilson plays zero snaps and it's, like, we're using Ahmed for 25% and Chris Brooks in the fourth quarter. Sure. So I, I, I don't know. It's just – it's a very, very difficult situation to gauge. I think all of that makes – Moster like a good play uh, yeah well I was gonna say a, a really dependent play on the ownership like I'm seeing 25% on my screen right now I have no idea it's Thursday if he stays at 25% that I, I think it's probably a bad play right like I think he's still like fine. it makes it is it makes it more fragile I mean Moster has still been scoring in these games or a chain has been scoring 30 points like I don't think it's really that bad yeah at 6,400, I feel like 25% presumes that his role is back to early season Mostert. Really, the in more interesting question. The more interesting question is are the Dolphins going to continue to be chucking the ball up a bazillion points? Like, because Tyreek and Tua will not be that owned, despite the fact that the Dolphins <laughs> literally are are setting records for total amounts of offensive output. Like, I and and especially yeah. now that Jefferson is removed as an option, I mean, I feel like the natural thing should be for Tyreek to be mega owned and and for Waddle to get some of that runoff, but that's not the way it's projecting. I mean, we are gonna be yeah. uh, we are gonna be Martin Galing, Jalen Waddle until he yeah. finally has a forty point game like all season. I, was, I feel like, I, yeah, I was I was literally about to drop the Martin Gale line in the very next sentence. He had 100%. four end zone targets last week. Four. Oh. I flag planted him last week. And after the first drive, I thought we were going to the moon. And then he scored like two more drafting points for the entire rest of the game. Yet he, he had three catches for 22 yards and a touchdown, I think, on drive one. And then caught one more pass for the duration of the contest. And, and had like seven more targets. It was so tilting. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep playing Waddle. And I, I do think you can play them. I mean, I think their pass rate probably goes back up uh, too without HM. Like it seemed like they had yeah. really catered a, a big portion of their because of the players not plays offense as Ben would say and HM was one of the players but like yes. now he's gone and I think that we haven't seen them operate that way with running backs outside of him like Mostert has been more of like a a vessel to you to put our running game through and Wilson was the same when he was there last year HM really felt like a very different case in terms of the running back that when he was on the field they were looking to involve creatively and make a focal point of their offense. I think we're now back to, you know, Waddle and Tyreek are the focal points of the offense. And Mostert is the guy that we run the ball with. Yeah. I, th I think that, I think that seems right. Um, and then Carolina, I mean, Thielen, he is a, he is a play. I mean, they're, they're he, also very says, crucially, yeah. 
very crucially for Adam Thielen, they are not taking him out down 20 points. No, he, he and that's literally when he's caught, scoring. So yeah, he's he, getting into his element. Yeah, he caught a touchdown, uh, I think, as time expired last week. So there, there you got your, your garbage time hero. A game I have literally no interest in, the New England Patriots traveling to play against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'll play Adams. I'll, I'm playing it. Mingo this week, by the way. I just need to shout that out. Oh, uh, he, okay. He's, he's got he got pretty live usage this past week, and he's at half the price of Adam Thielen and probably half the ownership of Adam Thielen. He'll and, be and more likely near to, lock button play for me. Well, just more likely to have like 12 points on one play. Like Thielen is going to yeah. do it in an iterative sense. Mingo can do it on four receptions. Um yeah. Okay. I'm not playing Josh Jacobs. I don't care. I just, I really, I really got no interest. He, um, Josh Jacobs is just Las Vegas Raiders, Joe Mixon. I, I'd rather play Swift. I'd rather play Mostert. Yeah. I'd rather just, I honestly, I would rather just play David Montgomery on every single team. I don't even care what David Montgomery is on. David Montgomery is, has like the second best role in fantasy football behind Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he could have had he got 40 points last week that Jared Goff scored a one yard touchdown and Craig Reynolds scored a one yard touchdown. Had they chosen to give David Montgomery those touches, he actually would have had more than 40, I think. Yeah. So there's just no, to me, there's no point. I mean, and it's not like Jacobs is, is going to be unowned in this spot either. So mm-hmm. what's, what's the point? Mike, if you're listening, lower the ownership projections on Jacobs, Adams, Myers, and Garoppolo. I, I simply can't imagine that they're accurate. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I, I think I, I I just I can't imagine that, that many people are excited to play this. Um, it's funny. I, I originally thought that Adams might be kind of like a contrarian play because he didn't do anything on Monday, and the Patriots I think have the perception of being a good defense, even though they lost all their corners. Um, He's projecting for ownership now. I think that's going to come down, but uh, I would be interested in playing him if he comes in closer to like the 10% range. If he's up in the 15 to 20% range, then I'm probably just fading the whole game. Sure. I, I think that's fine. And uh, no Patriots. No Patriots. No. No. Any Patriots. No. No Patriots. So don't just don't really. I mean, the Raiders defense, I guess you can get away with. I play anyone. I play yeah. any defense against uh, against Mac Jones right now. All right. <laughs> the Detroit Lions traveling to play against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got uh, this. This game is going to have my flag plan in it. Uh, not only did nice. I just talk about how awesome of a play Montgomery is Montgomery. I might play on every team this weekend. I don't know if they can make his projected ownership high enough for me to not do that. But my flag plant will be one Mr. Trey Palmer. He is going to be the wow. second wide receiver. He's going to be the second wide receiver for the Buccaneers with uh, with Mike Evans out. Mike Evans has not practiced yet with this hamstring injury. Trey Palmer already worked his way into the rotation after the Russell Gage preseason injury. He played 75% of the snaps last week or uh, two weeks ago. They had their bye week and uh, has got scored touchdown in week one. Score touchdown week two and very obvious Mike Evans ways where uh, week one, he scored a red zone touchdown week four. He scored a red zone touchdown. I also think Trey Palmer is good. One of these guys with a weird college career, actually a lot of these guys who went to LSU and then had to transfer Mm -hmm. because LSU is like this weird vortex of guys. Uh, DJ shark was in that vortex. Um, There's another guy who I'm forgetting who transferred away from LSU uh and and then had a good season but went to nebraska in uh last season he had 1043 receiving yards second on the team 471 receiving yards that is what we would call a dominator 
rating yeah. specialist. Uh, I think Trey Palmer is good. Trey Palmer is free. Trey Palmer will not be owned. He correlates with my favorite running back play of the week. Also think you can play Laporta. Also think you can play Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, yep. It's it. This is this is a good good play. Love Trey Palmer. Yeah, good play, good game. I think. I mean, I think Tampa Bay uh, is like feisty enough. Baker Mayfield has been playing like honestly good. It's kind of crazy, but he's been playing yeah. totally, totally fine. Um, yeah, I think Tampa is going to probably provide enough resistance that Detroit's going to have to keep playing, and then that's that's sweet. Um, uh, I expect Jameer Gibbs to probably miss, so you know Montgomery. Just absolute beauty. And uh yeah, everyone, everyone from the Lions, play your Lions, play Montgomery, play Amonra, play Laporta. And then uh you got you got options. You know, Chris Godwin, if, if all the ownership consolidates on him without Evans, um, right now I'm seeing Evans projected in, so I don't know what the ownership's gonna look like with if, if that uh, he's, changes. He's not playing. You don't you don't I come off uh you don't come off uh the bye week with a hamstring injury, not practice Wednesday and then play. That just yeah, I, I, I would be I guess I would I would never say never, but I, I think it's fairly unlikely that uh, the Mike yeah Evans goes. I, anytime that anytime someone comes off the bye injured and doesn't practice Wednesday, it always feels like a negatory. Yeah, uh, Devin Devin Tompkins. Just I mean, if we're talking about short yeah. King Summer, this dude weighs 155 pounds. So if you want to continue chasing right the uh, the short King Summer narrative, uh, he Palmer is like the exact opposite. Palmer is like a prototypical X wide receiver. He's a big dude. Um, but yeah, I, I think this game actually has got a chance to be the Bonanza game where if the Buccaneers are able to score kind of early, uh, it could end up, it could end up being the game. Like you flip the cards over and you're like freaking Jared Goff, 1.6% owned wins everyone, all the money. And it's also, yeah. if you, if you play this game without Montgomery, if you do Goff, mm. Laporta, St. Brown, Palmer, Godwin, whatever, however you want to do it, you're getting like insane leverage Rolling. on, on the field. Um, all right. Arizona and the Los Angeles Rams, DeMarcado, Keontae Ingram, Michael Wilson, Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown was sick on Wednesday. I think I think he'll probably be fine. Zach Ertz, Josh Dobbs, Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, Tutu Atwell. Tutu Atwell, giga leverage play on, on Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua <laughs> this week with the 27. He should have hit last total. week. He should have he should have been an absolute smash. If Stafford hits him on a 66-yard touchdown in which he was streaking across the field, that should have been a 375-2 game from Tutu. Feels so good to be right about things. And just knowing, knowing that I was like Van Jefferson going to zero immediately when Cooper Cup returns and then literally <laughs> seeing him go to zero and then be traded to the Falcons. It's just like... You gotta take you gotta take the wins when you get them, and that one felt good. Yeah, the Falcons part makes me sad because like I I value um, Ben Gretsch having analysis, and I just assume that if Van Jefferson is a reason that Kyle Pitts fails at any point, oh, like Ben's sickening. retiring, and so I just feel like that's the end of stealing signals <laughs> at that point. Like I've I've never felt I've never felt as though Ben's desire to be part of Earth was more threatened. Then when Van Jefferson imagine Van Jefferson has has a hundred yard game this season before Kyle Pitts for the Atlanta Falcons, it would it would <laughs> really not be good. It would be just really it would really tilt everyone. Um, yeah, I think you can play every Ram. Kyron Stafford doubles totally fine. Not hit Higby. It was really the loser, right? Like Tutu was kind of a loser. 
but he did get actually well, he went he went from look. he went from having to get nine targets a game to now he's going to get five but they're all going right. to be really good high value targets probably right and i mean the one thing is puka's role was still awesome right like puka still saw over a 0.7 whopper 11 targets seven catches like you know is 8k pricey yes sure. can he still hit a ceiling at 8k yes Yes, he can. Like, I, I guess the only issue is, is that with 8K and 9K, like, they're basically priced like Tyreek and Waddle. So it, it's it's now at the point where you, you almost can't play them together, especially because uh, while the Rams are fun, they are not a historic Miami Dolphins offense. So you probably have to pick one of Cup or Nakua, but, but I think that either can get there. And then you can play Tutu if you want to as your secondary guy. Opening, now, it's a big one. let's assume that Keontae Ingram is active with this neck injury. Yeah, which, which he's going to cool. be. It's like, you think? like Gannon was Gannon was very clear. He said, we're getting okay. Keontae back this week. Okay. What are you anticipating the split to be like? Do you think the people that just spent $813 uh, on Amari DiMercato on FFPC.com are going to feel happy about their choices? It, it's one that I really think is going to be kind of decided in the game. In, I think, in the game. That's what I think too. Like my, my guess is uh, that start the game. It's an early down split, something maybe a slight favor to Ingram and the Demarcado is playing all the passing downs, but that if like either one of them are able to get anything going, they can just take over and play 85% of the snaps in the second half. That's, that's my vibe off of it which makes both like zero floor plays for DFS, but also like there's a very good chance that one of them has just as good of a role as bears running back or Hubbard, no Sanders and a fraction of the ownership because the floor is zero. So in the context of a GPP, like they're unplayable in cash, but in a GPP, I think you can absolutely take a shot at either one of them. I guess my preference would be Mercado because he's going to get the passing down work anyway. So I think like the scenario where he's the workhorse is just a better scenario. Yep. I, I, I agree with that. Cause I think worst case scenario, you're getting third downs anyways. Um, and then I right. mean like, dude, guys coming back from a neck injury, like, I don't know if I was a running back when I had a neck injury, I'd say, just put me on the IR. I'll come back. I'll come back in six weeks. <laughs> like it just doesn't feel that fun to play football with, uh, with the neck injury. So that, that Ask feels Daniel Jones. Yeah. I mean, DiMercato last week, he got 10 carries. He scored a touchdown. He was targeted three times in the passing game. He got four targets against the 49ers. Like, he's not drawing dead. Uh, kind of like Jerome Ford, actually, like in the sense of he, he's not drawing dead to get you points anyway, but you're feeling – it's actually very similar to the Kareem Hunt, um, Jerome Ford thing. And I I, I might play DiMercato a little bit, and I, I do like correlating him with, like, this might be too galaxy brain, but correlating him with Atwell, where like, oh, if Atwell scores like a long touchdown, that could speed up for Arizona or whatever. I, I don't that that's probably too far off in, in projected points, but would right. be something I am uh, I am thinking about. All right, we are we are breezing right through. We are to the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Football Jets. Hertz, Swift, Brown, Smith. Uh, I guess if you're following the ping pong logic of the Philadelphia Eagles last week was the Goddard game. They targeted him four times on the opening drive clear. I mean, I think just an absolute clear signal that they were like, we got to get this guy some stats. We can't have, can't have guys being mad in the locker room. AJ Brown week was the week before. So this is Devonta Smith's turn. I, I don't really believe that, yeah. but I, 
I, I fully believe that with Eagles. Like this does seem to genuinely be how they operate. Like it's like someone complains the next week, they get a lot of touches. Like I'm not entirely sure that like this strategy of just of appeasement is like necessarily the best or it's just like whoever like complains the most, like gets the most targets the following week. Like I feel like that's probably bad, but it does help us to save things for fantasy. So yes. Um, Give me all the Devonta Smith at 7K and probably no ownership. Um, Hurts you know, won't really be chalky either. Swift will be the only chalky jet or uh, uh, eagle. Yeah, so I'm I'm interested. I'm, I'm always like interested in playing the Eagles at low ownership. Like I think that they are good enough that they can go off against any defense. Like I, it's it's kind of like the it's Chiefs adjacent for me. Well, it's at least Chiefs adjacent when they used to have playable wide receivers. But it's Chiefs adjacent for me where whenever they were in a bad spot and teams were like, I don't know if we're going to stack the Chiefs this week. Like That would be the week that I'd always want to stack the Chiefs. And I feel very similarly with the Eagles. Like I think that they, um, you yeah. know, the floor goes down, but they're always liable to have a ceiling. And I'm, I'm always wanting to access that. Um, yeah, Brees, uh, I think, is playable. I mean, tough matchup, and obviously. But I, I just I think with I him, don't like, give you're, a, I don't give a shit about matchup plays. for for Brees. With, with Brees, it is does he score a seventy yard touchdown or does he not? And I mean, his yeah, chance of exactly. scoring seventy yard touchdowns pretty good every week. Yeah, for sure, I agree with that. Absolutely, he's the only Jet you can play though. I don't think I'm doing the Garrett. You're not. Wilson you're not playing week. Wilson. Uh, I mean, it's just if if it couldn't happen against the Broncos, man. What I don't know, like I. He's maybe more matchup dependent because I, I just don't think that Zach Wilson is like capable of throwing him a 70 yard touchdown almost. No, uh, I guess resurgent. he is because he's, he did it once. He's resurgent. You know, he's back. He was for one week and then he played the worst defense in the NFL. He looked like shit. But, yeah, but they won 31 21, baby. <laughs> I, I'm just sad. I, I guess Gary Wilson's a fine play every week on ceiling alone. I, I don't know. In terms of the like take a blind shot on wide receiver talent. He and is his, a little cheaper, the, the target but I think that is really good. I mean, Zach Wilson through Zach Wilson threw 27 passes. Seven of them were targeted to Wilson. He had 14 targets last week. Uh, in fact, Wilson probably likes throwing it to Garrett Wilson too much. He threw a terrible interception trying yeah. to throw to Garrett. I mean, he just doesn't get it. Like the announcers were making this point. Like this is the one throw you can't make here. Like it's fine to make the throw, but you can't miss inside. You got to miss outside. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. He's so bad, but it also mid tier wide receiver is like not full of guys. You're really wanting to jam this week. That that's like another thing. It's like kind of expensive or uh, yeah. you go to the bottom. And so he's like direct leverage on the guys who will be popular there. Like DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley. I, I mean, Adam Thielen is 5,900 and is going to be 15% owned. Garrett Wilson is six thousand, and he's well, that is depressing. Owned. That Garrett Wilson and Adam Thielen are the same price, same price, and it's like, and like, and every single person is like, I would rather play Adam Thielen straight up. That oh, that makes me want to not be on this planet anymore. I mean, Thielen, Thielen is projected for, and they're right. Points. I, I'm yeah, saying they're right. they're right. I'm not yeah. saying that they're wrong. I know that they're right. I just dislike it. That's horrible. All right, man. Uh, what is your flag plant this week? Man, um, I'm going to go, honestly, it's a tough one in the sense I don't necessarily have like a guy that I'm like, this is like a clear play for me this week. But I do think you went with a cheap wide receiver. I'm going to go with a cheap wide receiver this week as well. The one guy I'm lock buttoning into my lineups that I think is going kind of 
underreported in this cheap wide receiver group, almost kind of similar to uh, Josh Downs last week, who was a guy that I locked into a lot of my lineups, is Jonathan Mingo playing in that really fun game environment uh, versus Miami. They're going to have to throw a million passes. I, I think that while Thielen is clearly ahead of him in the pecking order, I think that that's it's being a little bit obscured by some of the games that Thielen had when Mingo was inactive or had left early. His targets per route run has been quite solid, well over 20% each of his last two starts, including the game that he left early with a concussion. He's down to $3,500. Nobody's going to play him. I think he has a very reasonable path of 10 targets in negative script. Um, and he's a little bit of leverage off Thielen, who a lot of people are going to play. And to me, I'm going to want to stack this Miami side through the passing game. And I can afford to get into the Tyreek and the Waddles a lot easier playing a $3,500 Mingo than with a $1,500 Adam Thielen. All right, there we go. Uh, I will say Trey Palmer if Mike Evans does not play. And fuck. Jackson Smith and Jigba if Mike Evans does play. I'm nice. doing it. Look at I'm that. It. Let's go. Off the, yeah, off the buy. Good game. Good game total. We're, we're doing it. And uh, you can find me. You can find me in the bread line when Jackson Smith and Jigba <laughs> just duplicates Wandale Robinson's of, you know, five for 17 uh, from last week. Guys, we are going to go ahead and get out of here, and uh, I will see you back tomorrow with Rich Rebar. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix.